Welcome to Just Go Grind, a show that focuses on helping you launch and grow a business and navigate the ups and downs of entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Justin Gordon, and in this episode, we have Josh Snow, founder and CEO of Snow, a direct-to-consumer leader in oral care and oral cosmetics. They have over a million fans, customers in 175-plus countries around the world. They've also produced tens of millions of dollars of revenue, and Josh has been responsible for $250 million of revenue to date as a sole founder with his companies. He is obsessed with direct-to-consumer marketing and brand building, and we talk about all of that in this episode. So excited for you to listen. As always, the show notes are at justgogrind.com slash podcast, and you can support the show by leaving a rating and review over in Apple Podcasts. Without further ado, here is Josh Snow, founder and CEO of Snow, which you can find at trysnow.com. Josh, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, looking forward to talking about Snow. And for people who aren't familiar, what do you guys do with this company? So Snow is uh, our reimagination of of oral care. And so, um, you know, we kind of sit in the middle between beauty, uh, beauty and oral care. Um, So we have a pretty pretty even split of customers, male and female, but um, essentially uh, a premium line of, of oral cosmetics, oral care products, what you might imagine, toothpaste, mouthwash, teeth whitening, et cetera. Um, you know, our our take, our, our modern spin on some of those products and, uh, and the efficacy uh, of those products as well, making sure that, uh, you know, they're working. A recent study had 97% of our a consumer study uh, saw results after just one use, 100% after 21 days. So essentially, we're helping people feel better about their smile. I love it. And I know you have quite the entrepreneurial story and background. And I want to get back into snow in a second. But how did you first get involved with creating things, building things, be entrepreneurship in the first place? Yeah, I've been, I guess I've been building things for uh, a while now. I started when I was young, I was 13 years old. Around then, I was I just uh, finished middle school and I was, uh, teaching myself how to build websites, um, at the public library actually. And so, um, I would hang out there for a couple hours and I didn't know what I was doing. Um, <laughs> and you know, I, I just was fascinated by the idea that, uh, you could, you could make something that other people could see anywhere in the world. Um, and that became uh, pretty addicting. So I, I, you know, I, I, I did that while I was obviously entering high school and, my parents were like, just keep your grades up if you're going to be doing this. I don't know what it is exactly you're doing, but, um, you know, just keep your grades up. So, you know, I held my end of the bargain and and learned from web design, web development. Uh, and then I started making websites for other people, um, you know, other business, small business owners, particularly in the beginning. And it was just myself um, designing the website, programming the website, writing the content. Um, and then... The, the, the next phase of that, which I think is, is very important to mention because it's kind of uh, the rest is history moment, is that uh, marketing and advertising and branding uh, for, from a direct-to-consumer level, I'm talking 2007, 2008, um, you know, st- understanding those elements became something that I really fell in love with. I, again, I still didn't know what I was doing particularly. I just loved, I loved design. I loved, you know, making things that worked and, um, and then helping other businesses grow their business. But you know, there was a huge need for, you know, for example, searches and optimization on Google, uh, search engine marketing. So the Google ads, uh, you know, Facebook in its in, in its early days, uh, you know, all of the advertising platforms that were available. Uh, these businesses were like, OK, we've got a great website now. It's fast. It works great. 
how do we get more people to the website? And I realized that that kind of was where the challenge uh, really was at. Uh, and so I decided to, you know, kind of become wholly focused in the branding, the advertising, the marketing side of things and understanding why some things work and others don't. Um, so I ended up go, you know, going to college to study computer information systems um, more in line so I could understand analytics and how to read analytics better um, because, you know, I saw what was happening at the time that we could launch something and 12 hours later have a thousand to 10,000 data points that could allow us to tomorrow change, you know, the way that we market, the way that we advertise, the way that we package, the way that we everything. So that was very exciting. And then that's what that was. Those were the early days of learning to make a website, learn to make it for others, and then kind of get getting interested and excited by the opportunity to grow a brand online. From that as well, then with snow and why why this particular category, why this particular product? I'm curious as to the early days why you decided to start this company. Yeah, I mean, I so I you know I, I had braces a couple times. I had actually actually had jaw surgery um, uh, around the time that uh, yeah I was first kind of thinking of what snow might look like and you know what it might be um, and where we might start. And so I was looking for, I, I had built and sold some companies before and, and I wanted to do something that was long-term. I wanted to kind of take a challenge that uh, had infinite, you know, opportunity, uh, you know, billions of people have teeth and, you know, it's, it's one of the few things that we do twice a day is brush our teeth and uh, recognize that although that sounds like a very simple kind of market proposition in reality it's a it's a very difficult uh difficult industry to break into because of consumer behavior and someone who's been brushing with the same toothpaste for 50 years how <laughs> you get them to flip over or someone who's you know uh whatever it might be so there's just it's such it's so deep-seated that it's very very difficult but you look at some of the most successful um businesses and teams and entrepreneurs and founders, you, you see that they take on that type of model, right? Whether it be Airbnb or Uber taking on the taxi industry. And th there's a lot when you when you choose to disrupt in your own way, um, you do have you kind of sign up for the things that come with that. But it's it's an exhilarating charge. And it's something that attracted me because I was going through jaw surgery. I realized that um, that I could find, you know, skincare products, hair care products. I could find fashion products. And I could I could go up to scale if I wanted a, a really nice leather you know bag I could spend two thousand or I could spend five hundred. There was not that kind of availability of options, uh, you know. I felt at at the time in oral care where it's kind of just a few brands and the ingredients seem to be all the same. There wasn't that opportunity for the customer maybe to upgrade their experience if they chose to do so, if they were vegan or if they were gluten free or if they were more interested in whitening versus sensitivity. Just that kind of understanding of, of the brand as well. And I think that seeing that consumers wanted to have some type of connection with who was behind the brand that they were, you know, that they were putting their, their money behind, they want to do that. And Snow is 100% customer funded, 100% bootstrapped. And so those ideas in the very beginning to say, hey, if we were to, to kind of take our spin on oral care and oral cosmetics, merging beauty, uh, beauty and the smile, what might that brand look like? And would people, would people vibe with us? Would they, would they join us and say, you know what, that's cool. And that, you know, that's important. Step one is create something that it has to at least work as good as anything else out there, if not better, right? Ideally better. And so efficacy was something that 
I put a lot of time in early on and going through jaw surgery, going through, I've been whitening my teeth for half my life, trying yeah. all the products. That experience, I think, certainly helped. With that as well, so I want to dive into a lot of different facets of, of this. And first off, I think it's important to start with what you just kind of talked about is the product. How did you go about developing, deciding on what the initial product would be for Snow? Yeah, I mean, you, you asked about the uh, minimum viable product. Yeah, like when you what what do you ended up launching with at least? I'm sure you know things have evolved since they always do, <laughs> but I'm curious as to what you launched with originally. Yeah, I mean, every you know, I think that particularly now it's it's more evident than ever and easily searchable in terms of direct to consumer brands that have kind of a hero product and then expand beyond the Casper with a mattress, right? So everyone's got their kind of hero product, and for us, it has. Uh, it has been our teeth whining serum and developing a serum that we felt was, uh, you know, the best use case for someone with sensitive teeth, someone who also wants fast results, long lasting results. The thing is, people, people got to realize, you, you know, our product at 97% in our consumer study by Prestige testing, you know, saw results after one use, 100% after 21 days. But the, the thing is, you're staining your teeth with everything that you do. I mean, that's just the nature of it. Um, you know, whether you don't have to be a wine drinker, a coffee drinker, a tea drinker, a soda drinker. Um, you could be a blueberry eater, a raspberry eater, <laughs> or even just, you know, the, the smallest things, right? Unless you're literally just drinking and eating clear things, your teeth are going to stain. And so if you're not, if you're not whitening your teeth, they're yellowing and that's okay. And everyone has a certain shade. Not everybody wants snow white teeth, but figuring out, figuring out the serum and the, the, the MVP early on was, how can we create an efficacious formula that is going to work at least 90% of the time? And how can we modify it? And then how do you make it as universal as possible? Because in the early days, you can't necessarily afford to spend a million dollars on a hundred different versions of the product. You've got to have something there. And you see Casper and a lot of the mattress companies and, and these DDC companies in general, they have kind of a one size fits all sofa or mattress or comforter or shoes, you know, with all birds. Um, you know, these are the colors and that's it. And so you kind of have to, you start with a limited set. So you really only get like one or two shots from the audience for, for you to come out with your single. It's like, you know, Taylor Swift's breakthrough album or single, right? If you do well enough in that first product, people will buy your second album, your third album, you'll win awards and you'll have yeah. power, but it's just as difficult in the media space. You have one hit wonders left and right. It's the same thing in branding. And so our, our goal was to never to be a one hit wonder, instead to listen to our customers, keep modifying our products. We now have three, uh, technically four different versions of our teeth whining kit that look drastically different from even two years ago. So it's, a, you know, you start somewhere and you continue on and on, but without our focus on the efficacy and the formula and the taste and all that, and the, the results, that I think was important then then we added the LED, you know, technology and the mouthpiece and then we've modified it and, you know, we've gone in that direction. But at the end of the day, it's the, you know, it's the serious, it's not the bells and whistles. The bells and whistles are great for the marketing and advertising and how you have to have a product that simply works. So that's how we spent the MVP, I would say, was our initial version of our formula, which has changed 20 times now. It's <laughs> and, and then the initial mouthpiece kind of environment so that someone could utilize the technology in their mouth and that it was easy to use. I want to just double click on that. How did you 
go about developing the formula if you don't have I mean, the expertise? I'm curious, you know, for other people listening who are starting products or creating products, or I've talked to people who, uh, someone like the founder of Good Milk, who who did a whole new format for almond milk, and there's so many different examples I've had in the show. I'd love to hear more about how that development process went or how you went about figuring out what that would even look like. Yeah, I mean, it's... It- Everything's on LinkedIn and, and, and Google and, and, you know, there's so many platforms now more than ever even from before. There's LinkedIn before, but uh, also my, my oral surgeon, um, you know, I asked for his help and he's a, you know, celebrity oral surgeon, uh, you know, dentist, doctor. I mean, this guy's, you know, one of the smartest people I know. And um, uh, Dr. Bruman uh, here in Phoenix, uh, who, who performed my orthognatic surgery, we were naturally having banters back and forth about business and things like that. You know, what are you working on? What am I working on? And so when I brought this idea to him, he jumped right behind me. So this is, this looks like a great product. You know, uh, this looks like a great opportunity. Here are what, you know, my patients complain about. Here's what I recommend. So it became a collaborative approach. And then I brought in my, my orthodontist, uh, you know, orthodontist into the fold, right. Um, Dr. Daniluk and, and then, you know, just little by little, and then who do you know? And then who do you know? And then, by the way, Google, right? So you, you go to Google and you, you see that, uh, you know, what are other people, what are other products that are highly rated? What are they using? What do they not like? And then I went straight to LinkedIn and started searching for a chemist that I could consult with, right? So, you know, a chemist that works at L'Oreal, let's call it, um, reaching out and saying, hey, can I pay you for some time to talk through some of these formulas? Maybe you can come back with it. So, you know, it's not like it's the hardest thing in the world. It's hard because you do have to talk to people. You do have to use the resources around you um, and you have to be extremely vulnerable. Right. It's like I I knew going into this that I'm not a dentist. So I want to lean on the best dentist, the best orthodontist, the best oral surgeon that I can find, ask for their help. Um, you know, people are willing to help out. They want to be a part of something. And, and I hopefully thought I, I brought some value to the table as well from a marketing and advertising perspective. And so it was just, it was a natural kind of conversation. So I think utilizing the, the internet and finding the chemist, but also doing the research myself. Like, I think, you know, nine months into it, I, I feel like I, I, I would, I could say I'm not a dentist, right? But I know enough about teeth whitening to at least give a TED talk on it. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I wouldn't feel comfortable doing it because I'm not a dentist, but I certainly have read all the stuff that, you know, that is available out there. So it's not, you know the dentist that you're working with wasn't a dentist at one point in his life. So clearly what was the difference? It was studying, right? And obviously practice, but from a research perspective, that's just reading, right? If you can read and comprehend, or you have a team that can help you read and comprehend, or you hire a consultant or a researcher, they're all out there. I mean, upwork.com, you can hire anybody to do just about anything. Yeah. Someone to compile Amazon reviews. So we did a lot of that in the beginning. It was mostly, it was mostly me poking around, talking to my internal network, reaching out to chemists, you know, and then six months later, we felt pretty confident with a base kind of formula that would make sense. Yeah, I love hearing that because it, it does make it, it more real for anyone. I mean, it is just a matter of work and talking to the right people. And again, I've heard that I literally just talked to someone who's uh, founder of uh, a pop above and doing a, a, a new food for dogs, essentially, and getting a veterinary veterinary person who understands what should go into this and the proper mixture of the product. That's how you do it. You just start talking to more and more people. Uh, I love hearing that. So understanding that you had that product then, take me through testing. Take me through the the launch, the go-to-market strategy when you first started with Snow. 
Yeah. So, I mean, first and foremost, you know, I, I widened my teeth like a hundred times by the time <laughs> that I was testing this out. And, and you know, um, everyone that was willing to try the product out um, around me, and of course, everyone was like, all right, I'll, I'll, give this, I'll give this a shot. You know, like I have super sensitive teeth. I've used strips before. I've gone to the dentist. I'm like, hey, listen, me too. This is why I'm working on this. Right. It's not just me in a lab, right? It's like I'm talking to the right people. I'm getting advice from the right people. This is, you know, dentist formula, enamel safe ingredients. So anyway, kind of going through that. And so initially testing the different batches, some were too runny, some were too, too you know, uh, heavy on the teeth. Some were too strong. Some tasted too strong. Some tasted too minty. Some like there was just a constant, you know, you just taking notes. It's like tasting food and taking notes. And it's it first and foremost, internally test. So me and my team, my friends, my family members, you know, the dentist, my, my oral surgeon, everyone was testing, testing, testing and giving that internal feedback. Once we had something that we felt comfortable to, to release to the market, then you kind of you kind of set that ship to sail. And it, it comes back with feedback if you're open to it and if you're looking for it, which means the first thousand customers, you know, I call the majority of them by my, you know, on my cell phone. So like a lot of those customers, I was calling myself asking, did you get to use it yet? What did you think of the packaging? Did it make sense? Was the user manual confusing? Uh, what was what about the taste? Uh, what, are, what are your goals with it? What made you buy it? I mean, the, all of the wealth of you're literally getting paid to get the research that you need. And so though, even if it's the first 10 customers, right? It's anyone who pays you that doesn't know you, and then you reach out and talk to them, offer them a gift card in exchange for their feedback. Um, and you're gonna learn very quickly on specifically your product. Yeah, it was, um, it, it showed up, but it, you know, it was leaking. Uh-oh, well, let me figure out why is it leaking? How are we packing this stuff? Can we put a seal on it? Uh, yeah, I got it, but the package was opened already. Okay, maybe there's it's not strong enough. It's in the summer. It's hot. It's just you go on and on and on, right? And so if you're open to it and you say once a week, I want to gather feedback from the customers of that week. Anyone that's willing to answer the phone. Sometimes only one or two people would answer the phone when I'd be calling, but I'd have thirty minute conversation with them. And you find out that it's a long journey. It's not that yeah they want whiter teeth. That's the feature benefit. Got it. But like, what are you really looking for here? And you, you find out a deeper why they chose your brand versus everyone else. And that I think for us has mostly come from, you know, uh, uh, I've tried a lot of the other products before. <laughs> I, you know, now, especially with COVID, I, I don't want to leave the house to do this. Um, I do it when I'm at the dentist because I'm already there and I kind of treat myself, but I have sensitive teeth now. And so you hear these stories and you think about how can we make our product more clear? How can we make the instructions more valuable? How can we give them tips surrounding our product of, of different things they can do habitually that are gonna help them have a better oral hygiene and a better experience? And we found that the, you know, our customers who are spending $150 on one of our systems, they are, they are investing in their confidence, they're investing in their oral hygiene, they're investing in their mental health. We found, we found through those conversations that yeah, cool. You know, it shows up same day shipping. Cool. Like, great. Yeah, I have a wedding coming up. But in reality, here's what I really am looking for. And that's allowed us to rebrand their business. We're now just snow. We're not just snow teeth whitening. We're now just at snow on Instagram. Right. And at snow on TikTok, Facebook.com says snow. We're the one letter brand that we've we've kind of our customers have really grown us into. One of these things, too, with what you mentioned earlier on, you mentioned this as being self-funded, and this is a lot of testing, a lot to involved with this. Was was it a matter of did you have a certain 
uh, you know, you'll spend whatever you need to to make this this happen. Did you have a certain budget allocated for this? Did you think, oh, we might have to raise venture eventually or not? I'm curious as just your thought process around that when you when you started Snow and how that's gone. Yeah, I think I think so. You know, I had I had the fortunate opportunity that I had, you know, built and sold some businesses before, and so I had I had startup capital of my own. But um, you know, even even though I still wanted to be very specific on the budget we're spending here, it was. I wanted to see if what was brewing in my head would even be possible. It was just, you know, is this really something that could happen? It's the most difficult space that, you know, we could pick. Is it possible to get any traction here? You know, what's it going to look like? And so the the self-funding part of it, I mean, we quickly moved more over to customer funding versus, you know, me having to fund anything else. Yeah. That's, you know, those are some of the best businesses in the world. Doesn't mean there's anything wrong with raising capital. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with any of that. There's, there's a hundred ways to build a business. I think that for snow, um, it was, you know, initially it was snow teeth white and it's hard, I think, to sell the vision that early on because you are who you're becoming. And, you know, for us, we stayed very close to the customers, very close to our marketing and advertising. You know, we've had 25 million unique people shop on the website, uh, you know, 170 plus countries. Um, and so we we decided to stay really close to the product and the efficacy of the product, really close to the customers, really close to understanding what they want from us next. And that not again, not saying that you can't raise 100 million, 5 million and still focus on the customers. A lot of people do. We just felt like the momentum was rolling and we wanted to kind of see it was like an experiment. Let's see where our customers would take us. And I didn't want to chance anything going in there with venture capital, et cetera. And we've had plenty of offers and, uh, you know, and it's not that they're bad offers. It's not that it's just timing. Timing, I think, is everything. And what we're doing right now, we're having a lot of fun and we're creating, you know, products that our customers are asking for. And, uh, you know, we're continuing to push the the boundaries on, on making oral care cool, you know, and, and fun and exciting and, you know, could be luxurious and something people are proud of. So I, I think that early on, um, it's easy to say there's 7 billion people with teeth. If we get a fraction of the market, we're a big business. You know, everybody, <laughs> everybody gets that. Yeah. But, I, you know, there's a certain level of you kind of you have to if you can't go all in on yourself and you can't go all in on something, you have to be willing to spend a good chunk of your life to reach mastery, to, to be able to 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 reach a level of depth that me and my team here are very, very excited about where we get challenge, every, a new challenge every day. Uh, the gravity of those challenges fluctuate as we grow and the Im- implications of changes on the website, even a million people will see that next 30 days. If you put a, you know, there's misspell something, a million people see that on an email. So the, the, the exciting part, I think, is that we've all come together here to, to, to kind of show a David versus Goliath story. Not that there's a zero sum game, 7 billion people have teeth, but that there can be more options in the marketplace that people can respect oral care, just like they respect their skincare regime. And so I think kind of some of those far street stretching ideas that we, we are now seeing, uh, you know, last year, a lot of those come, come true. And now it's obvious to the marketplace. Um, it's It takes time sometimes to prove that. And I think you pay a very high premium if you don't have enough of that traction. At least that was my belief. So we just happen to be in a spot right now where we're still completely um, customer funded, no outside funding, and we're heavily focused on continuing to grow our customer base. 
on that note as well, Josh, how have you grown Snow over the last couple of years? Because obviously there's some playbooks for direct-to-consumer brands, and people may or may not be familiar with what that all entails. I'm curious for your story with Snow. What's fueled the growth of this company? So, I mean, like I mentioned in the, you know, when I was like 15, 16 is when I, is when I realized that uh, branding, marketing, advertising, uh, that that was something I was a lot more interested in. Um, and so I spent, you know, I, I'm 28 now. So I, I spent the last, you know, at least 12 years um, doing it for, you know, dozens of companies, uh, you know, through agency work as a consultant, then as an advisor, then as an investor. And, and now as a now as a founder and a team member at Snow, um, it's the opportunity to um, it's an opportunity for us to uh, expand that. And the way we've done that is going direct to the customer. Where is the customer at? And uh, it's t- it's tough, right? It's an uphill battle because most people are buying toothpaste when they're in the store, for example, right? Like, oh, I ran out of toothpaste, I'm gonna have some. Oh, I ran out of mouthwash, I'm gonna have some. So you're kind of having to jump in front of someone. With something that's not really exciting, oral care, um, I, I personally think it's, it's exciting. My whole team is obsessed with it, but um, I understand that before I had to get my jaw ripped out of my face, I did not ever want to know more about you know. <laughs> and so there's a balance of like you know not being too cheeky, you know, and and kind of being having an elevated conversation with an adult about the impact of their smile and how we might be able to help with that journey, that it's, it's, it's more than just a shade of color. Cause you might not want super white teeth. You might want just a shade or two lighter, or you might want to stay exactly where you are. You just want to stop staining because you, you drink wine and you don't want to stop drinking wine. You want to enjoy life and coffee every morning. I love <laughs> coffee too. So our thing was, our thing was let's talk to the customer and let's, let's let them know what we've got. Let's, let's get them hopefully excited about what we have you know, to present. And I think at the very beginning, you know, tactically it's Facebook ads, right? And now we've we've moved heavily, um, you know, a, away from Facebook in, in terms of diversification. But Facebook is still a very significant, and that includes Instagram, very significant part of our business. And it allows us to talk to our existing customers and their friends and their family members, but also new people all over the world to kind of show them what we have. And that that conversation is really really exciting. Um, because we're a premium price product and brand, a lot of times people will be in the consideration phase longer. So they'll end up going and buying, you know, a, a lookalike product or something like that first to try it out. So we understand that as the kind of top of funnel, if you have 25 million visitors, 200 million people have seen our ads, some of them five plus times. So we're, you know, our advertising online is, is very, very strong and very, and we own all of our data um, in terms of, you know, customer data from from orders, which gives us an advantage uh, to be able to understand more and more as our customer base grows and those different cohorts. So in the beginning, it's Facebook ads, Instagram ads, uh, and you know, unfortunately, the costs continue to go up and up and up there. That's how it works. But that you know, that was the heyday. Uh, it was a little bit after the heyday. I would say 2014 was the heyday. 2017, 2018 is when snow really started to take off. Um, but 2014, you could have kind of put anything that looked cool up and it would be a million dollar company overnight with Facebook ads. Um, so it's become a lot more difficult. So we've had to, we've had to understand where else our customer hangs out outside of Facebook and Instagram and meet them there as well and continue that conversation with them. And then from that, then I understand that Facebook, Instagram ads, that's obviously a huge way any direct to consumer company is going to acquire customers, uh, influencer marketing. I know you've done a lot with this as well. How have you approached 
that and, and maybe saying the difference between that and then really going on Facebook, Instagram ads, like even whether it be percentage splits or just whether overall kind of like how you kind of prioritize, I'm curious as to how that fits into snow. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, our, our goal is to build, uh, uh, to, to be proud to build with our customers, a household name to, you know, together and, and not something that was started a hundred years ago that your mom used and your grandma used and you just use it. You don't know why you use it, you just use it. Um, we, we wanted to say, Hey, we want to earn, earn the right to, to earn the spot in someone's home for at least one of our products. You know, it could be our floss, it could be our toothpaste, it could be something. How can we impact, you know, millions of lives through our products and most importantly, build a family of customers that are coming back and they're not just for the sake of refilling and restocking, but they're telling their friends, they're telling everyone around. And I think that that kind of initiative of thinking about how can we build sustainability um, has allowed us to kind of push outside of the out of the realm of how we think of acquiring a customer, how we think about growing growing with a customer, increasing our product lines. It starts with I'm going to sum this up because I think it's important to say this. It's it starts with one idea. It starts with one product or service, and a, and a whole lot of execution and persistence because the quote that we live by. Uh, it, and keep in mind, before I started snow, I, I, I could have, I was enjoy, I was totally enjoying my life. I was looking for a challenge, but I, I could have continued doing what I was doing. This is, uh, this is a very important, uh, uh, brand and project for us, not just for myself, for my team, for the greater entrepreneurial community, the DTC community. It's very important that snow continues to, to do what it does. And I'm simply one of the, you know, stewards and, and ushers of that now because of a brand does take take off after a while and you kind of have to you have to keep up with it sometimes and in the beginning it's kind of you talking to yourself you know in, in an echo chamber and it's like a product that you're hyping up and hoping people will hype it up with you and there's a lot of that. and i think too many people quit in that rain in that in that zone and you know what i've done is i've opened up the kimono and had you know hundreds of thousands of entrepreneurs join me in in the in, in the building of of snow on social media and showing them every single product as it's coming out, the renderings, things that nobody, nobody else does this. I mean, no, nobody else I found does this. I wish more did. I'm not saying that like I'm cool or better than people. I'm doing it so that more founders would, would open up the kimono to actually teach because people learn just like esports, right? It's, it's, it's exciting. People learn by watching others do it and they, they learn by watching it real time versus let me wait 50 years and write an autobiography or have a biography written about me. I hope, I hope everything's out there and everything that I could teach is out there that it, if anything, the autobiography is just a summary of what's out there. So like to me, being able to create alongside hundreds of thousands of entrepreneurs and snow be the canvas that we're creating on, there's something more there, right? And the products have to work and they have to be great. And it's gotta be a good market and you know, we can't give up and all that. But I would say it's, it's first they ignore you, then they laugh at you, then they fight you, then you win. I think Gandhi or someone said that, right? Uh, <laughs> that's something that sticks with me because first they first they ignore you, and that's hard. A lot of people quit there. Then they laugh at you. Oh gosh, most people quit there because it, you know you tell everyone your dream, you tell everyone your idea, you start wearing you print shirts and hats and everything, and nobody's vibing with you, and you kind of you start to self defeat, and it's that imposter syndrome kicks in, and then. The middle part, um, um, which is the most important part, is where they fight you. 
that could be one year, that could be five years, that could be never ending, um, but it's going to come at some point, right? It could be in the form of lawsuits, it could be in the form of, uh, you know, whatever it might be, right? It could be the form of uh, product defects, things happen all the time. Um, and when you're growing fast, you break things fast, but you got to fix them even faster. And so the fighting stage is where I would say the remainder kind of end up dropping out. And that last stage is if you've got the, the guts and the, the and the attitude and you've got a great team you know next to you you guys just don't give up because you know what you guys are focused on well then all of a sudden you win and at that point you know uh everyone's like well of course and of course and you know that and not th- not to say they don't stop laughing at you or ignoring you or fighting you it's a, it's a never-ending journey but that is in my opinion the best depiction of that journey for you josh you know, teaching entrepreneurs using, as you mentioned, snow as a canvas in, in terms of working with these influencers as well. How, where did those ideas to do this come from? Or how did you think of doing that? Something that, like, as you mentioned, not everyone is doing or not many, many people at all are doing and really opening the kimono, as you, as you said, where did that come from? I wanted it. I, 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 I wanted it. And I, I want I wanted to follow, you know, when I joined Instagram in 2012 or whatever, I said, wow, you know, we could follow, you know, founding teams as they, as they disrupt, you know, the, uh, the markets and all that. And, and yeah. I understand there's, there's, there's certain aspects of, you know, uh, maybe you raise money and your investors don't want you sharing too much behind the scenes and stuff. I, I get that. Maybe if you're a public company, clearly there's certain things you can't share. And, um, I know that there's a certain advantage to being, you know, self-funded and, a direct consumer brand that that has the also the incentive to be you know front facing um but my thinking was you can't follow the founder of coca-cola you know like you can't follow the founder of you know, american express or you know things that we use on a day-to-day basis or drink or eat on a day-to-day basis you can't follow the founder or the founding team or you can't see behind the scenes as a customer or be taken on that journey and so we take our customers to the good and the bad so when we sell out of product and we got some delays on supply chain we take them through that journey no matter how painful it is we we face it all of our customer support you know faces it head on all of our fulfillment is done here in phoenix since the day one we shipped out every package ourselves um you know nearly a million packages all you know done here by hand you know that's that's something that is being close to uh being close to that and we want to share that but most importantly i want to share because i want to push other entrepreneurs to say look if you are proud of what you're building, you should be. You should be proud of it. Scream from the mountaintops. You don't have to boast. You don't have to you know, gloat. You don't have to throw things in people's face. You can just say, here's what I'm working on. This is exciting. And like, here, you know, what do you guys think? And now, like, for example, yesterday, we, um, we're in all of the magazines at American Airlines for this month. And I had two hours to choose between two designs for our inside spread uh, of the magazine. And I just posted on Facebook within an hour, I had a hundred comments We <laughs> design and, you know, my team, you know, uh, you know, Annie who's designing, she's on it. I'm sending her the feedback. She's like, what about this one? Boom, boom, boom. So within an hour I had a hundred other entrepreneurs give us feedback and that's going live. And then I said, Hey, the first 25 that take a picture of the magazine ad that you helped us build, will get a $200 gift card for snow. Um, so, you know, being able to incorporate that, I learned some of that from way back in the day when Kim Kardashian would use Twitter to ask her, you know, her fans, what should she wear? Which outfit should she wear? Realizing that the people following you would love an opportunity 
to uh, to be involved, you know, at some in some way, shape. And you'd be a fool not to involve the people following you, especially if they're supporting you. So for me, I, I realized that very quickly that um, there's an opportunity to inspire others. I get messages all day long, dozens of messages from entrepreneurs. Say, I listen to every podcast and this, and that's what keeps me going. That's what that's why snow can never fail. That's why we must continue to keep growing because it's bigger than us at this point. And I think that sharing that gave us a huge competitive advantage that, uh, you know, I'm Josh Snow and, and you know, at Snow on, on Instagram, nobody buys a product because of me, right? I'm not the influencer, I'm not the model. <laughs> but from the entrepreneurial side of things, it's, it's exciting to watch that. And it's allowed us to recruit, you know, very effectively to, to find consultants. I can post something up there. And so we use that to our advantage. But it's also fun to see when we go through challenges hundreds of comments of supporters, of entrepreneurs and, and customers saying, keep going, you guys, you know, you, you guys changed my life and your product changed my life and I can smile for the first time in my life. We get those all day long coming in and I love opening those emails. So that's, that for me, I think transparency in terms of what we're building, I can't share everything, but I wanna share just about everything as whatever I think is going to be inspiring and helpful for, you know, anyone following. Um, I feel like, you know, there's no reason why I shouldn't do that. Um, and if I'm able to, uh, to, to inspire even just one person a day that sees that and sees the progression of where we were three years ago, you know, to where we are today in our new warehouse. And, you know, that's exciting. And there's a couple of people that share like Jim Shark, uh, founder, yeah. Ben Francis. I love that. I want more of that. I think that it, it, they, I think it's cool now to be an entrepreneur and it's cool now to be a disruptor and it's cool now to work at the top D to C brands and it's cool to, to do those things. So I'm like, why, why don't we talk about it? Josh, when did you become Josh Snow? <laughs> um, uh, you know, I, I, I changed my name on social media because I, I, I said, you know what, if I'm going to put, you know, all this content out there and we're building a, an amazing team here, amazing products, and we want to share that it, it's more important that, it, you know, the brand shines through and what we're doing, you know, shines through. And it's hard because my, you know, I have two, technically two last names and they're both, you know, one particularly very difficult to spell, say, uh, <laughs> use my whole life. I live with it my whole life, right? It's, I'm not, uh, I love my last name. Like it's great. But in terms of marketability of being able to connect with people and immediately explain without having to explain, uh, you know, what we do. Josh Snow, once I switched Josh Snow, that was probably two years ago, a year and a half ago, my following on social media skyrocketed, my, you know, the, the, everything skyrocketed as a result of leaning in and kind of burning the boats and saying, I'm going to go all in on this so that it's easy when people go, oh, I just talked to Josh, who Josh Snow, oh, Josh from Snow, Snow, oh, Snow, yeah, Snow, the teeth wine company, yeah, it's oral care. So it just, it flows so much easier versus Josh, so-and-so, oh, from Snow, oh, isn't that the, oh, okay, oh, he owns it, oh, wait, wait, you know, that process. Um, so, the, you know, there's a little bit, of, I'll tell you what, it's it's been, it's been cool. I haven't changed my name legally. Um, but <laughs> I it's was been, wondering if you had. <laughs> you know, it's, it's been cool kind of seeing that, uh, seeing that take shape. Yeah, and I've noticed it just in my research uh, for this episode, and I was looking at different things. I'm like, that's the same person. It's just a different. He's he's changed his name a little bit uh, to reflect that, which I find interesting. And and I know we're running out of time here, so one of the last things I just want to I'm curious about, and I always kind of think about other people building companies, especially direct to consumer companies. You mentioned brand. You mentioned it's something you've looked at for a long time. Anything else you'd like to mention around? 
building a brand at a high level, there's so much you could dig into. And we've already talked about a lot of it. But for other entrepreneurs out there looking to build their brand, anything else you'd recommend to them or, or things to keep in mind as they're building brands? Yeah, I mean, it's it's differentiation. There's a thousand there are a thousand industries um, out there, um, you know, oil care being one of the harder ones. There, there are, there's a lot out there. Depends on what type of brand you want to build, right? Do you want a brand that's around for 50 years? You want a brand that's around for five years? You want a brand that's trendy and it's like GoPro accessories and, and that's okay too. Like there's no, there's no wrong answer. It's simply understanding that and then communicating that with your team, communicating that with your partners to understand what type of brand that you are going to build together. Um, and so I think becoming clear and of course it, it can change it can change every day if it needed to but you need to have something to start with or something to even if you have a brand right now to, to make a choice on what you're trying to do here and you know what makes sense what are your customers what would your customers like to see you do you know maybe they don't want you to get into footwear you know if you're a hat brand you know like understanding where your customers at where your customers might be at if you don't have a business currently or you're starting a new brand just think about there are different levels of, 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 of difficulty and longevity that you need, depending on the industry you choose, depending on, you know, how big of a brand you want, how well known do you want it? Um, do you imagine raising money one day? Do you imagine keeping it bootstrapped, you know, self-funded? There's no wrong answer. But I think figuring out that combination just to start with and you can tweak it along the way and then realizing that a brand is more about what you don't do than what you do. And that's very tough for a lot of entrepreneurs with shiny object syndrome, counting myself, that it's like, we could do this and we could do this, we could do that, we could do that. It's like, you only need to launch, you know, one or two good products a year. Uh, and if they're that great and they're that different and they, they really work, the, you know, the marketing machine will, will add rocket fuel to it. But um, you, you know, you have to, you have to focus. I think that would be the number one thing is focus for a long period of time. <laughs> Put your seatbelt on, get some popcorn, get some snacks. As it's going to be a long and bumpy ride, but if that is all that you can, if you're obsessed over it and that's all you can do, then you have to do it because otherwise you're just going to sit and be, you know, for me, it's sit and be like sad and, and not having anything to do or be completely stressed, but having the most fun in my life. So it's, it, you know, you have to make that distinction and everybody's at a different point in their life, but focus, I would say we could all benefit from less distractions and more focus and, and longer horizons. Josh, where's the best place to learn more about snow, check out your products and everything else and connect with you as well. So I'm at Josh snow on Instagram and then snow is at snow S N O W um, pretty much everywhere. And then our website is trysnow.com. Josh, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show today, man. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Just Go Grind. If you want to follow along on the socials for all things Just Go Grind and with me as well, you can find Just Go Grind on Instagram and Twitter at Just Go Grind. You can find me on Twitter at JustinGordon212. Find me on Instagram, JustinGordon8. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.